0: How should I enter? What's your title?
1: Do I even have one? I don't even know if I have one.
0: All right, we're going to do it. All right, and welcome to the Room 122 podcast. This is Mr. Hicks. Thank you guys for joining me on this Wednesday morning. Uh, We're going to jump right to it. Uh, We've got a great long-form interview today with uh, Mrs. Erin Life. She's part of the tech department here, and so we're going to cut right over to that interview. Please enjoy. Uh, We've got on the line with us uh, Mrs. Erin Life. She is one of the members of the technology department here at East Grand.
1: Or the tech crew, as we like to call ourselves. Uh, The tech crew, yes. There we go. Yeah, so um, thanks for having me on here, Scotty. I guess what we want to talk about today, given our current um, situation where everyone is kind of being asked to stay home and away from everybody else, is blended and remote learning and what that's going to start looking like. Maybe give some guidance on how teachers can make that simplest for themselves and the most engaging and uh, successful for their students.
0: Yeah, and I will say I've been fortunate. I've taken a handful of classes on blended learning. Now, I haven't used it as strictly remote learning like we're doing now, but uh, I've been making different assignments and uh, doing uh, a lot of work through classroom these past couple of years, and I, and I think many teachers have, uh, but as we transition to this remote time, yeah, just I, I, we think it'd be fun today to chat about some of these simple uh tools and tricks that maybe we already have up our sleeves. So
1: Would, yes, absolutely. Tell me about those classes that you've taken, please. Um what where were they? Who were they with? What did you kind of cover just to get an idea?
0: So this was an opportunity that our district had offered out uh strictly on blended learning and it really covered everything uh from just kind of a basic blended learning one oh one as far as you know what is blended learning and that's really just Uh, combining the kind of the brick and mortar traditional school system with online learning and how you can pair these things up in different ways to make a successful learning environment both digitally and physically for different students depending on what type of modality that they want to learn through. Uh, I think I took about a half dozen different courses and they range like I said from that 101 all the way up to you know working with like project-based learning uh, in a digital world and in different topics like that. So it was really a, a nice variety.
1: Okay, so that kind of leads directly into uh, my first question for you, which is uh, blended learning. You've kind of described what it is. How will that kind of relate to our current situation of remote learning because are they similar? are they different? How, how does that connect?
0: Remote learning is really kind of a type of blended learning, and it's kind of on that far end of the spectrum of kind of the most extreme type of blended learning where almost everything in that learning process is done uh, remotely or you know in the digital realm uh, from the introduction to a, of a topic all the way through an assessment whereas a, a normal blended learning that I might use uh, would be something more along the lines of. Uh, Just using it as like a way to supplement my lessons in class to reinforce stuff, uh, offer different activities and research activities. And so it's really taking a lot of the blended learning that maybe we already use in our day to day life and pushing it to the extreme. So definitely related. And I think maybe some of that foundation that we already have in blended learning is going to come in handy here in these next few months.
1: Okay, so it's, it's kind of almost like a flipped classroom then in a way.
0: Yeah, and I know a lot of uh, teachers have been working with flipped classrooms where you know they provide resources to look at at home, readings to take a look at at home, maybe videos in instruction at home, and then they come to school and, and use that work time in class where they can have assistance from the teacher. It's like that, but even with less or little to no time in the traditional setting
1: if we're kind of taking the idea or the philosophy of blended learning and connecting it to this, um, how, how do we do that with relation to the, the physical classroom we just left and kind of move into this digital realm? How, how do we kind of think through that?
0: Well, for me personally, like I said, I've used kind of a, a sustaining model, which is kind of taking digital supplements and working those in. I'm going to rely on a lot of those strengths that I already have. And so I'm going to look at what digital items Uh, programs, activities, lessons that I already have that I would have used this quarter coming up and build off those. So I think if you have pieces of blending learning already, kind of augmenting that and building up around that is a great starting point. But I think we got to also remember that there are some real upsides to online and digital, and in this case, uh, remote learning. So we got to think about uh, building independence for students. I mean, they're not going to see us every single day where we can kind of get our thumb on them and get them uh, to find those deadlines. They're going to have to find those deadlines and, and be independent in the way that they are reaching out to teachers and uh, getting their stuff in on time. For many students, and I know when I've done some different blended assignments, like with research and offering access to different websites and databases and stuff like that, it's a great chance for them to do um, some deeper learning. Uh, They're going to find that they can research and have self-inquiry and really dig deep. And for motivated students and and students that are really already kind of doing that, you know, digging deep and doing uh, independent research, they're going to find this as a time that they can get a lot of stuff done and it's going to serve to be really good uh, differentiation for them.
1: Right, because they're able to really explore things and kind of – make it their own in a way that you can't necessarily in a traditional classroom type environment, I suppose.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, that freedom that they have to take, if they want extra time to do that stuff and to dig deeper, uh, it's a perfect time for them to do that.
1: Right. So now, considering that and and the students that are going to take it and run with it, we also have the opposite side of that, where you have students that need some consistent and regular encouragement and connection. So what are some of the ways we can stay in touch with with our students from a distance that are going to be the most effective for that?
0: Yeah, I think finding ways just to keep a little bit of your... Your personality involved in the day-to-day life with these students is going to be huge. I know a couple teachers uh, who have started YouTube channels that didn't have them prior, and to do a little bit of direct instruction or to uh, even just have a video message here and there, uh, they've been enjoying that. I've also been uh, personally doing a podcast to reach out to my students on the daily, uh, which I've had some pretty uh, fun conversations in the comment section and stuff like that, uh, just to keep that... Oh, yeah. No, yeah, exactly. It's been really great, Uh, you know. And and the cool thing is some students who are kind of quiet and shy to speak up in the classroom really have no problem shooting a comment out there or shooting you an email because that's the only way that they can really communicate now. And so in some ways... uh, I feel like I've been able to connect even a little bit more with some students who at school maybe have these social distractions and they don't really want to talk to the teacher. But now that it's through an email or through a comment section of a, you know, of a YouTube video or a, a podcast, Oh, you know, it's, it's more than okay. And they're, they feel very welcomed with it. So.
1: Yeah, I guess that's an upside to that. I know personally I have a kiddo that would much prefer to have a text conversation than a face to face. It's just more comfortable when it comes to uncomfortable or, um, Awkward topics. And sometimes just being talkative in front of your peers can be tough for kids, I know.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the case with a lot of students right now is that they are very comfortable uh, in the digital world and whether it's texting or comments and emails. And that's that's OK. And and it's going to play as a strength for them uh, in this next uh, quarter of school
1: yeah absolutely. So you mentioned you know YouTube videos and YouTube channels. What are some other ways that you know people are accessing the ability to make audio and video recordings um, for their students?
0: Well, I, I know a lot today our conversations talked about what we want to try to do for like a live lecture. And I think that uh, whether it's Google Meet or uh, Zoom, and I know our our tech crew is working on, Uh, figuring that out for us, uh, could be a great way to meet up with these guys, uh, whether it's in small groups, maybe it's, you know, addressing the entire section or a whole class of students. And I know today we had a meeting uh, with just our staff of about 35 people, and it went pretty well in terms of people getting to communicate and talk and share ideas. And so I could totally see even a live class setting working well on a weekly or bi-weekly basis for teachers.
1: Okay. Yeah. And you're correct. We are working on zoom. We've got the application in and once that comes through with any luck, we'll be able to um, have our own link and, and it'll be much more private and then we can use it a lot more effectively with students right now. It's, it's exclusively for staff, but we're mm-hmm. hoping to make that change if we can. Um, yes. And Google meet. Um, if, if, uh, you know, you, you just check out Tina's instructions on how to make that something that you can cause you have to nickname it so that you can close it out. Cause you don't want to leave students in there. Um, not that students don't, Talk amongst themselves, but we can't right. be responsible for facilitating yeah. that. <laughs> okay, so it sounds like, while there are some new tools involved, a lot of it is going to be using tools that we already use, but in different ways. Would that be accurate?
0: I think that's a great way to put it. And especially in these first couple weeks as you're getting going, now's not the time to try to reinvent the wheel. I think if we really look at our our repertoire of what we have for lessons – we're going to find that most of us already use Google Classroom, and Google Classroom is a a great platform to, you know, communicate, assign assignments, uh, even grade assignments. It's awesome, and we all have access to it, and we're all pretty good with it at this point from what I understand. Of course, anything that's in your traditional Google uh, Apps menu, uh, Google Docs, Google Slides, Google Forms, can be used in various ways to... um, as both assignments, communication tools for students. We've got iReady. Uh, You know, I think we've got descriptions for Discovery Learn still, Uh, CultureGrams, which I think both secondary libraries have. I'm not sure if the elementary does, but...
1: Oh, I don't think so, but we could certainly look into that if we find there's some interest.
0: Yeah, and and that's been helpful. I've done a couple units on that this year just in my class and as kind of a blended learning tool and very, very uh, great program to use Let's see, New Zella or New ZLA. I I don't know if the elementary schools are still using that. The middle school had for the last few years up until this year. Uh, But, I mean, that could be really helpful right now, especially with all the current events that are going on. Uh, Actively learn. I know our middle school has. And, again, I'm not sure about the other buildings. Uh, Reading counts, which I think at least a few of the buildings are still using. And I know right now accessibility to books could be difficult. However, um, you know, digital libraries uh, finding Uh, you know, PDFs of different books. I I think even like Audible is doing free memberships for people right now. They
1: are. They are. They're doing free memberships for students. And I have to tell you, as a frequent um, e-library user, uh, our Marmot Library Network, which is what our Grand County libraries go through for their digital content, has a fantastic selection of audio and um, digital books that you can download on just about any device. And and I, I use it all the time. So there's definitely a lot of stuff there to be able to use.
0: Yeah, and you know, and I think most buildings are probably going to be looking at a few assignments a week per topic or per class and I have to imagine with what we have, you know, modifying what you currently have or what you were planning to use this next quarter as opposed to completely reinventing the wheel. You're going to find that uh with some simple tools, you're going to be able to modify what you have and make these things accessible uh, online as opposed to starting from scratch.
1: I absolutely agree. And, and not to, um, it too, too big a plug in for myself, but in my last tech tip a few weeks ago, which I did resend once school uh, was announced to be closed, uh, there were Google Workbench has a whole bunch of videos and resources and things that are super easy to connect. They all connect to classroom. Some of them have lessons, digital lessons that are already created with different topics, different grade levels. And that was one of the reasons I sent it out, because I thought it was a great digital resource and now almost a necessary digital resource. Um, for, for teachers that are looking for some ways to connect um, digitally with their kids. And uh, so, okay. So when we're talking about all of this, it seems to me that I know for my own kids, a routine has been really key Um, just to keep them focused and motivated and things like that. So, so what can teachers do to kind of keep that in, in a place where the kids feel comfortable and still at ease and like they're still in a classroom in a way?
0: Oh, that's a. I mean, that's a great question, and I mean, we're all so routine driven. I think that's why this whole uh, COVID episode right now has been so weird for us because our routines are kind of halted. Uh, as far as students go, I mean, if you've got any routines that are uh, digital, I would recommend to continue those. Uh, so, for example, I have a coworker who has all year been uh, using Google Slides to do this vocabulary activity where they introduce the words and they uh, go through and they define, find images using a sentence and uh, kind of do like a square activity inside the Google slide, and then they share those slides with each other at the end. Well, the great thing is, I mean, this is a week one routine for this teacher. These kids all know how to use this. They all know the expectation. He could assign this tomorrow, you know, and choose his, you know, I think it's eight or ten words, and boom. He's got a great assignment that the kids are familiar with it's a routine. It's going to feel normal to them, and and they're going. To, a lot of the students are going to thrive off keeping some of those routines alive, and so, even in my podcast, I was uh, talking with the kids, and I kind of did, did a digital routine, and we normally do what we call good things, and we're you know we kind of share out uh, what we got going on for the weekend, and we did that. I just had to change it from them being able to respond to, you know, comment in the comment section, and we had this great dialogue down below. And so, yeah, any routine that you can either turn into a digital routine or if it already is digital, highly recommend just keeping that uh, in your plan for the week.
1: That's a great story. I, I, I like that one. That's really good. So, so as we're kind of wrapping up here, because I don't want to make this too long, and I so appreciate your time and letting me ask you some questions about this, because I know this is the main thing on everybody's mind right now. Tell me... Um, uh, the best ways, I, I guess, I you know, I tend to think about my own kids. I, I've got a few of them there, and I and I think about, I, I think at home, and I know for me too, it, it's some of it is about motivation and how to keep them interested and intrigued and engaged. So, what would be some motivational Thoughts, because I I feel like this is more a matter of creative thinking than than really even reinventing the wheel or coming up with a new format. Just getting creative with what you already have. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I mean that's a that's that's the million dollar question for sure. If I, uh, if I had that one nailed out, I would be in really good shape. Actually, I was uh, planning on changing up this spring anyways um, what I have going on for my econ unit. And what I'm really going to rely on is having the students do some independent work here. I'm going to base my econ unit on kind of a career pathway. And so instead of me doing a lot of delivery in class and we're going to have some discussion. We're going to focus on things that they can do independently, and then really guide them through that process as much as I can. And that's going to be a lot for me—a lot of providing resources, a lot, a lot of feedback given based on things that they write, that they respond to, uh, even trying to coach them into some of the multimedia interactives as well. And so that might be teaching them how to record, or you know, start up a a YouTube channel so that they can reply back uh, from one video to the next. And so I think, and I don't know if I'm really getting to the heart of your question, but uh, I think it's going to take a lot of expecting independence from students and finding ways that they can uh, rise up to that.
1: That's a good start. I, I think that we've got um, plenty to, uh, as far as possibly a second episode for this with um, with talking about You know, how that creativity, how that imagination from teachers and the sense of humor and and keeping it your own and and having them still feel you as a presence, as a teacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of stuff we could still go into with all of that. But um, but I think this is a really good start.
0: Yeah. Well, let's be in touch. So,
1: yes, we'll talk soon. Take care. Thanks.
0: All right. Well, that was an awesome interview uh, to have Aaron Life in asking some questions, and just trying to figure out where this whole thing's going in the next little bit and how we can get on course. All right, that's all the time we got for it today. Um, we'll be checking back in with uh, Mrs. Life sometime probably in the next week or so. Until then, uh, we'll catch up with you guys soon.